is the 210 Podcast, where we show you how to have more as a busy professional woman while still enjoying the mommy life. We are your hosts, Dr. Amy Steele and Dr. Carol Broxton. Welcome again to our podcast listeners. We are glad you stopped by and we hope this podcast brings you a renewed perspective on being a busy mom. Well, hey, Carol, how in the world are you? I'm hanging in there. The world's kind of crazy right now, but I'm hanging in there. <laughs> I know, I know. And this is really a current edition about the status of being a working mom while also being in a corona quarantine, which is where we find ourselves. Now, obviously, we don't want to minimize what people are going through during this time, but we also don't want to bring doom and gloom to our current situations. But we must deal with this in this new time as we've never faced a health crisis quite like this. It's so important during this time to kind of maintain some type of balance as we embark upon this uncharacteristic time. And so, Carol, you know, you are in the healthcare profession. You are a pharmacist, and I'm sure you've had tons of experience over the last few weeks that maybe you hadn't had in your career. So what has your experience been like just with this particular crisis? Keeping in mind, our episode today is entitled Myths About Working Moms and working moms in general, but how has it been being in the healthcare profession over the last few weeks? Okay, well, a lot has shifted, so things are not normal. (laughs) We just have to have a lot of precautions. We are taking precautions, trying to make sure that patients are getting the medications. We are offering a delivery service so that patients can have medications mailed to them. We're trying to keep patients from actually coming into the pharmacy. That means going out and delivering it to their cars. We're just trying to keep everybody safe and keep the workflow going while just being safe. But it has changed how we do business. It really has changed how we do business. Yeah, I can only imagine. And you probably don't have as many people working or do you have the same amount of people working in your office? Um, same amount of people. It's a small group of us, the way my pharmacy is set up. But um, the same people still coming in and we check our temperatures before we come to work. And we have a rule. If you're sick, you cannot come to work. So we're being very cautious. Very good. Well, I thank you for being on the front line. Thank you for all you do and all those whom you work with for being on the front line and working with patients and people to make sure they're still getting their medications as they need them. Yes, it feels good to be able to help. Yes, yes. We're going to try to balance the topic between, you know, life during Corona and then life before Corona. So my experience as a mom, you know, staying home with the kids and, you know, right now hubby is home. I'm home. He, you know, the kids are all home and I'm an educational profession or an education professional. Right. So I've been in the education space as a teacher, as a principal. And so it's been interesting, you know, to watch some of the development of topics around education and of parents teaching their kids at home and how different that conversation is and how much people value teachers now because they see what teachers have been going through while teaching their kids. So, Carol, have you had kind of some interesting balance? I guess, you know, how has your balance been with now you're working? I mean, you're still working outside of the home, but now you're responsible for your kids who are also at home and you're trying to teach them or make sure they get their lessons learned and things like that. Um, Well, I'm fortunate because my husband is a um, teacher, so he's home. He's completing his courses online, teaching his kids um, through the media 
And so he's kind of over the kids and they're, um, for my children are fortunate to have Chromebooks. So they're able to do assignments through those Chromebooks and get everything done and turned in. Been, you know, dealing with the transition there, trying to get everything set up, but we're good to go. We have our Chromebooks and kind of moving forward. But yes, life has changed <laughs> for us and we are adjusting. Yes, yes. And so that is great that your husband is a teacher and that, you know, he can be home with the kids and but then also responsible for his kids. And that's actually one of the interesting issues that I've discovered with teachers is that you know, they have all these requirements to still be ready and, and on point for their for their classroom of kids. But then teachers still have their own personal kids at home. And so they're expected to be at work from like seven to three or seven forty five to three forty five. But then they mm-hmm. have to teach their own kids and make sure they get their knowledge or whatever, you know, they need from their teachers. So has he talked a little bit about that balance or the requirements from school versus what he has to do for his own kids? He's having a lot of different meetings about how they're going to move forward and the different recordings and how they can uh, respond to the children and communicate with the parents. So it's a lot of adjustment, but he's he's working through it. Good. Yeah. And I just find this is just unprecedented time. This is an unprecedented time. So we've never seen anything like this. So we're kind of building this, the ship. I was going to say the ship and sailing it at the same time or <laughs> building the plane and trying to fly it at the same time. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's how it feels. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I, you know, want to go back to kind of before Corona, just this whole topic of being a working mom and trying to balance it and myths about working women that we can do it all, have it all and be just fine. And that's just not true. And that's kind of the overarching myth of a woman who works outside of the home or who works in the home and has kids. So I'm just going to kind of go through, I did some research from the Pew Research Institute and I came across a very interesting article and some research and I want to kind of dig into that right now. So according to the Pew Research Institute, about seven out of 10 women who have kids under 18 actually work. They either work in the home or work outside of the home. So that's, you know, a pretty substantial figure. Like most women are working or involved in the workforce in some capacity. Now, this more or less focused on women who are working full time, but, you know, we may have even more who work part time or have a small business on the side or are an entrepreneur. And so I'm going to get through some of these statistics and then Carol, get your input on some of them and your response. And, you know, just let me know kind of how what what you think about these things. Uh, Women are more likely to become moms in general. So as of 2016, about 86 percent of women are moms. They have one or more kids. In general, women are waiting just a little bit longer in life to become moms. So it used to be that women would have kids, a a large majority of them would have kids by age 23, and now it's more like age 26. Mothers are spending more time in the labor force and on childcare of their own kids than before. And so additionally, we're seeing also with this new generation gap that moms and dads are taking care of younger kids, but then they're also taking care of parents or arranging childcare for their kids while arranging adult care for their parents, which is actually a very interesting place to be that we haven't seen. And that brings, you know, up that whole thing about being a working mom, you know, when you're responsible for your own kids, but then you have other parents or aging adults in your life that you're also responsible for, it puts a big burden on women in general and husbands, but, you know, particularly working women. We're also seeing about 25%, according to the study, of all moms operating as a single mom. So that's like one in every four moms is a solo mom. 
either they're, you know, doing it by themselves by choice, doing it by themselves, not by choice, or they are just not, you know, connected with the person in general who helped, you know, bring their child to this earth. And then also, according to research, about 77% of moms say they feel tremendous pressure to be involved in their kids' lives. And I know I'm that mom. I'm in that 77%. I feel (laughs) a lot of pressure, not because of other people, but merely because I put pressure on myself to make sure I'm there for the kids because I want them to know that I care. Um, And so sometimes that pressure rises up and, you know, just becomes a little bit more to deal with than I had anticipated. So, Carol, after hearing these stats from the Pew Research Institute, what are your thoughts about working women and, you know, what we do and how we care for each other? Just sounds like times have truly have changed and what women are going through is it's quite demanding. It means a lot as far as getting a support system in place, because I know with myself, I'm on the other end of that spectrum where I had my children young, but I had the grandparents there to kind of fall in place and to help and have the support and to hear, you know, there are women out there that are really doing it by themselves. You know, you have to take your head off to them. But also mm-hmm. consider the need that's out there. There's a gap that's there that that needs to be filled, a service there that needs to be filled. That you have women out there working and doing it by themselves. So a support system does need to be put in place for those women and to reach out to those women. And podcasts like this is very uplifting, encouraging, and we have to have more platforms to support women that are that are dealing with being a mom and and dealing with those gaps and the pressure. And I can't even imagine the mental health issues that even come with that because, you know, that pressure of doing it all and you're one person at some point, you might feel like you're just burnt out and, you know, you want, and wonder, can I really do this? Or like you said, having that own pressure on yourself, sometimes you just want to be, you know, superwoman, you know, you want to be right. the great right. mom and you want to be the, you know, have that career and, and find a balance for everything and just the, it's just so much into into this. So I take my hat off to those that are truly doing it by themselves and those that even have the help, you still can feel overwhelmed and have that pressure of feeling like you have to do it all. You want to be 110%. Right. And I think, again, the pressure comes from so many places, but we put the most pressure on ourselves from either preconceived ideas about what it looks like to be a mom and then a working mom at that or observations we've had of other people who've done it well, but maybe we didn't know exactly what support system they had in place and Mm -hmm. who was actually helping them to be as great as they appeared to be. So I think that's important as well. So Carol, tell us like your work story. How long have you been in the work market or the workforce? And what was your experience with childcare in terms of daycare versus in-home care? You hinted at it with grandparents, but tell us kind of your overarching work story from when you first started working. Okay. Um, when I was, when I first started working in, in the field of pharmacy and going back 10 years ago when I graduated from pharmacy school, being married and all, my husband was there, a great support system. And we had the grandparents that were in place. And my first year being out of pharmacy school, I was actually, I actually got a job with Publix, but it was in Pensacola. And at first I was told different locations and it finalized that I was going to Pensacola and they needed me right away. Things that came up. So I ended up going to Pensacola. And so we had, I was going and traveling, going back and forth from home and trying to make plans to move everybody to Pensacola. It was a stretch. It was a little stressful because school had already started. Just so much going on. But my husband had a support of, you know, grandma, grandma and grandpa stepping in. So it was very helpful. But 
it was a challenge because the kids are like, mom, you're going away. And it's like, yeah, I'm going away, but it's all for a good purpose. <laughs> so you do yeah. feel that guilt of not being there every single day because I, we were going back and forth. They would come down one weekend. I would go up a weekend and just kind of going back and forth. And Pensacola is like two and a half hours away from oh. Tallahassee. So I was traveling back and forth and trying to get everybody moved over and then Things worked out that I just came upon a position back in Tallahassee, ended up coming back by eight months later. But that eight months was it, it wasn't easy. It was not easy I'm at sure. all, you know, leaving my babies, <laughs> even though I love my husband. He's a great guy. <laughs> leaving leaving my babies was a tough one. But, you know, I knew that I wanted to do pharmacy and I knew I just needed my foot in the door, getting experience and just had, you know, dreams and goals and everything. But to have a partner to say, you know what, you can do it. We got this. We'll we'll make it work was just so helpful and beneficial and just having that village, you know, to say it takes a village to raise a kid. And I definitely had a village to do so and a support of family just made a big, big difference. But things worked out that we didn't pack everybody up and move. I ended up coming back to Tallahassee, got a position, what to say, state of Florida. But, um, you know, things like that come up. That's a part of life. That's a part of challenges. That's a part of being that working mom and having a career. Sometimes that does mean moving. Sometimes that does mean picking up the family and moving the family for the benefit of the family and the career to keep everybody together and, and to, you know, fulfill your career and everything. But you do have to find balance and you do have to be willing to receive support, too, because sometimes people do have support. but They're like, no, I got it. I, I got it. You know, I want to be superwoman, but there are right. times you can't wear all the hats. It's, it's just too much. That's right. And we can't. We can't wear all the hats. My working story is similar in nature of having help, lots of help. I started off my early career teaching and had my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, so my husband's parents. And then I also, because, you know, they could only do what they could only do. And so mm -hmm. I also, we used in-home childcare because we had two really small kids when I first started teaching. So we had one and then I was pregnant. Actually, no, 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 I'm sorry. I had both by the time I started as a first year teacher. So we had, the girls were 14 months apart and they were mm -hmm. like, you know, two and three. So we ended up having in-home childcare and a combination of my in-laws. Um, working to help us take care of the kids and the, doing those game times and hours out after hours because I was a coach. I was a Spanish teacher. And so I would have after hours type things. And my husband was a police officer. So between those two sets of, you know, childcare options, that's what we did. And finally, mm -hmm. when my daughter actually before she turned, uh, to my oldest, before my oldest turned two, we did experience, um, in home. I'm sorry a center, like a childcare center. And okay. then we had a combination of in-home childcare. So we ultimately went back to the childcare facility and I love mm -hmm. childcare facilities. I think they're amazing. And I think all childcare workers should be paid well. <laughs> because yes. they do a great job. I mean, to be able to wrangle two and three and four-year-olds, it's like mm -hmm. hurting cats. I mean, it really <laughs> is. And if you're not skilled, you will fail. Like, <laughs> you will yes. fail. So it takes a special person who is trained and who has patience and diligence to care mm -hmm. for 15 to 20, mm -hmm. you know, two, one, two and three year olds and four year olds. So my hats are off to all childcare workers, but they helped me to be able to still pursue my dreams and goals. And then we have family here and there. But again, 
we used centers, childcare centers, and in-home daycares. That was our primary source of childcare. And then while working, I had aspirations of opening my own business and also being a teacher. So I had those things to balance as well, which kept me out of the home. I'm a very ambitious person. So it kept me out of the home a lot. Had it not been for those family members and other people to support me after those daycare centers closed, then, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have done it. And of course, my husband, but of course, he was working his job. So we had to balance the two. So that's kind of our work experience. And I know a lot of moms out there, you know, you're trying to figure out how life will operate, especially during these times where moms or dads are at home with their kids all the time. And even single moms, like being at home all day, if you're working from home, you're still at home with your kids all day. There's no relief. There's no break. At least, you know, with our husbands, we have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to step away and get a break and to share that load. So I do want to shout out to all single moms that we see you, we hear you, we know you're there and we honor, you know, what you do as well. And, you know, if there's something that we can offer advice with, please hit us up, text us on the, on our social media platforms, send us a message and let us know and we'll do our best to help you. So Carol. How do you find balance while working in general and then during this corona crisis? So how are you finding balance? I'm finding balance by, and I'm going to talk a little more in depth with this, depth with this in another episode, just reflecting and rem- it helps us to remember what's important. Because sometimes we're quick to complain about, oh, I have to get up in the morning, go to this job or Oh, just another day, another week of the business of life. And with this crisis, it's like everything's kind of stopping and standing still. It's like, whoa, oh, man, this make you look and see what's important and make you appreciate the things that you took for granted. You know, you took it for granted to get up and go here and go there and make plans and travel. And it's like life's kind of changed for us right now. We don't know how long it's going to be. So it makes you stop and say, wow, you know. We were so fortunate to have such busy lives, not realizing, you know, how blessed we are. You know, you just kind of take it for granted that, you know, this is your everyday life and your agenda. And it's like, wow, you know, life isn't always peaches and creams. And you just have to like own it and say, wow, in the face of the adversity, adversity to say, you know what, let me stop and take this time to be grateful and more appreciative of the life that I have been given. Right. And you mentioned something that's very interesting. You know, we take for granted the ability to just get up and go. And I know you are a big sports mom. You have a big sports family. So how has that impacted your kids? Oh, my gracious. My boys keep asking, um, and when are we going to play football? <laughs> and when is the basketball going to restart? And it's like, look, God, look, like, seriously, like, there might not be any football and basketball right now, guys. Look, right. and, you know, we're kind of coming to the end of basketball, going into football, and they're kind of like, practice been canceled, games been canceled. And then, then it was like, okay. Then it was like, well, when? Like, when are we going back? When are we going back to school? When is life going to be normal again? And, you know, you just kind of have those in-depth conversations and just kind of like, look, this is what's going on. This is what we're going through. This is what we are. And this is what we can and cannot do. And just kind of going from there and trying to keep them, you know, informed. And that's the most, that kind of helps with fear. When you're informed, 
then you feel like you don't have to be afraid. But it's when you don't, the not knowing and what to do, you know, it's really important. So just keep, be honest with your children and keep them informed. This is what's going on. Let's have a conversation. Ask your, let them ask questions. Try to answer the questions. Look up the information together. You know, what is Corona and how does it spread and how do you protect yourself and have those conversations so they don't have to feel afraid, you know, because if you listen to social media, it's so scary based upon, you know, what sometimes people put out there. Some stuff's not even true. And, you know, you can feel afraid. And, you know, we shouldn't feel afraid. We should just be informed. Right. I agree. And I agree that it helps to keep the kids informed so that you as a parent can relax. Because we as working moms, we already carry enough stress. And, mm -hmm. you know, let alone having to deal with the stress of our kids over the lack of information or the abundance of information, but it's not correct, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. And so I think that's a great point. Well, some things I do to balance in general, so this is like before Corona and after or during <laughs> Corona, is number one, before Corona, we would maintain or a mandatory family time on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis. Well, now we have family time every day, like every day. <laughs> so oh, yeah. every single day there's family time. We were doing date nights regularly before Corona, and we actually just did an episode on date nights. And what's interesting is we've had to be creative with date nights. Now it's more like a, you know, go pick up some food, stay in the car and eat, and then come home. That's date night. Or go to the dining room table, eat a meal, and put on some music, like some nice music, right? And then yeah. have a date at the dining room table while the kids are maybe riding their bikes outside or they are, you know, doing some something in the other room or watching a program or something. Before Corona, mm -hmm. I had regular spa days or spa weekends or spa, you know, like a spa day, not a whole weekend. I want a whole weekend, but right now I don't have a whole weekend. <laughs> but we would have I would have spa days. So I would go for one or two or three treatments or even one treatment and just stay for the whole day or stay for half a day. And that was for relaxation because, I mean, you have to relax as a working mom. You just work yeah. too hard, do too much, and you're available mm -hmm. too much to not take time for yourself. So if you can afford it, do a spa day. If you can't afford it, as maybe what we think, one thing I used to do is I would get a Massage Envy membership and utilize my flexible benefits for preventative care for a massage. Oh, okay. And so you can use the flexible benefits to pay for the monthly fee. And then it would automatically give me a one hour massage every month. So that was very helpful to use in during insurance. And it wasn't my regular money, you know, it was my flexible benefits money. So that really helped. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so now I take more naps. That's the way to balance. And, mm -hmm. you know, with the kids, it's like we're all taking naps. It's nap time for everybody. So right. that has been helpful. <laughs> Setting goals, especially during this Corona time. And even now, you know, this is a practice I'm going to take back into my life after Corona is to set mm -hmm. goals and not just any goals, but I'm talking daily goals. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, but setting goals on a daily basis. So I just came up with this with my kids and I'm going to read a little bit of it, but it's a way to keep mm -hmm. the older kids engaged with life while trying mm -hmm. to balance what's going on. So I told them in a text, in an effort to maximize productivity during coronacation, hashtag coronacation, I've come up with a system <laughs> for us to use. So daily, we will create simple goals. We'll create a personal goal, number one. Number two is a professional goal. So business, work, or school. And then number three is a spiritual or fun goal because we have kids from college that are at home, right? So they've got to yes. still stay engaged with life while doing college mm -hmm. online. 
and they hadn't yeah. planned for that, you know, and they're mm-hmm. used to being out doing their thing, staying up late, you know, eating yeah. whatever, whenever, and just going out <laughs> on a whim. They can't do that, yes. right? <laughs> so anyway, you will simply text your goals to this group chat by 11 a.m. daily, including double point weekend days of Saturdays and Sundays. And I will record them on a family daily sheet for the family. For every day you provide your goal, your three goals, you get one point. When you text your accomplishments of your goals by 1159 the same day, you will get one more point for a maximum of two points per weekday. When you do this on Saturdays and Sundays, you will get double points. So two day, two points for texting your goals by 11 and then two points mm-hmm. for completing them by the end of the end of the day. Okay. And then for every five points you earn, you'll get $10 <laughs> per set. Okay. And then okay. I will cash up you the funds. Now you can make that $1, you can make a 50 cent, whatever is appropriate for your budget. But mm-hmm. the goal is to try to have some type of schedule and goal accomplishment during this time because this is different. I've never seen anything okay. like this, but I want to make sure my kids stay productive. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> okay. I like that. I want to have to implement that. I love that's some great. That's a great tips. Those are great tips. Love it. Well, good. Well, I'll put this in the show notes for our audience. And, uh, you know, if you want to modify it any way you want to, this is a great way to keep your family engaged. And maybe you can use non-cash <laughs> as a motivator <laughs> and then uh, convert it to something else later. Use Monopoly cash and then figure it out later. So oh, yeah. with that being said, that kind of wraps up our episode. Again, we were talking about working moms, myths around working moms, and just ways to help moms balance, especially in light of what we're facing now as a nation during this corona quarantine. So Carol, take us on out. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the 210 podcast where we shine light on topics for busy moms. Be sure to leave a comment and share this podcast with family and friends. Make sure you follow the 210 podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day.